Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everybody to episode 206 of the Hab 360 podcast for this Saturday, April 8th, 2017. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980 on Twitter. And well, since our last episode, the Montreal Canadiens played four games. Started off last Saturday in Tampa Bay. Canadians with two, with a 2-1 victory over the Lightning in overtime. And then a couple of days later on Monday, they headed over to Florida to face the Panthers. And the Canadians won by a score of 4-1. to one. And with that uh, win, they clinched first place in the Atlantic Division. Then on Wednesday, Canadians headed to Buffalo to face the Buffalo Sabres. And the Sabres, 2-1 victory over the Montreal Canadiens. And then uh, last night at the Bell Center, the Tampa Bay Lightning were in town. An important game for the Lightning. Didn't mean anything for the Montreal Canadiens. Lightning doubled up the Habs by a score of 4-2. to two. So what does that mean? Canadians have played 81 games. Only one game remaining. And it's tonight in Detroit. They have a record of 46-26-9. 101 points. So they win the Atlantic Division. And well, it's a guaranteed first-round matchup against the New York Rangers. And well, the series most likely will begin on Wednesday night at the Bell Center. So we ask you the question of the day, who will win the first round series between the Montreal Canadiens and the New York Rangers? You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. And you can also go to the All Habs Facebook page and leave your comments. And we'll be uh, looking at the, your comments, the predictions later on in today's episode and you'll also have the opportunity to call in in the third segment as well joining me in about 20 minutes time will be jeremy filosa who is the montreal canadians beat reporter for 98.5 fm sports in montreal 98.5 fm is the french radio home of the montreal canadians so he's going to help me preview the series between the Canadians and the New York Rangers and talk uh, everything Montreal Canadiens related. But joining me now, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. He's on the road covering the ice caps. He's in Binghamton right now. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing great, Chris. Uh, yep, following along with the ice caps. It's a big three-game uh, weekend for them as they attempt to uh, make their push for the playoffs as well. But pleased to be on the show with you uh, uh, today. And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on Habs 360. The most popular segment of all of podcasts, the Winners and Losers of the Week. We select one candidate for each category. 
And well, since the Canadians, they won the Atlantic Division, it's a positive week for the Montreal Canadiens. We're going to begin with our winners. And Rick, why don't you start with yours? My winner is um, Charlie Lindgren. Uh, Charlie Lindgren was uh, called up uh, on the 29th of, of March, and uh, he got into um, a game. Um, and he's he's now won both. Of his, he's had two uh, NHL starts, one last year, one this year, and he's won both of them. Looks solid um, in that in that game for the Canadians. It was actually the division clinching game, important game, um, and and really Charlie Lindgren uh, has been uh, solid all season long uh, for the St. John's Ice Caps. In the words of head coach uh, Sylvain Lefebvre, uh, I think he'd pick uh, as his MVPs. He'd pick both Charlie Lindgren and Chris Terry. Um, Lindgren likes to likes a lot of work he plays a lot he's been in 45 games for the St. John's Ice Caps um he's, he's, has 22 of their 33 wins um and uh, uh pretty respectable numbers including four shutouts um we re- remember that he was named to the uh, AHL All-Star game uh, we were there to to cover him in that um and and we have to be reminded that this is his rookie year as as a pro rookie year in the AHL, um, and uh, you know an undrafted player, and he's just been um, right from from beating out Zach Fukali in in training camp for uh, the uh, the starting role in in St. John's. He's been superb, and when he was was uh, needed uh, by the Canadians. He came up and, and did exactly what he was asked to do, got the win, and it looks like he's going to get the start tonight in uh, against the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, it was confirmed by Claude Julien following uh, last night's game against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. He was signed by the Canadians it was about one year ago because he came in towards the end of the season, got a start uh, last year as well. We didn't know much about him at that time, but now if you're following the Montreal Canadiens, you definitely know who uh, Charlie Lindgren is. And, well, he started off, like you mentioned, his NHL career with a, a 2-0 and record. And I know it's a small sample size, but if something would happen, whether it be next year or we know that Montoya got um, he's injured, uh, Charlie Lindgren is somebody I think you could trust to have right now as your uh, as your backup uh, goalie. So a, a good nomination for winner of the week. So I'm going to move on now with my winner of the week, and it's Canadian center Philip Dano. They all come in crowding after the puck and roll. And uh, that was Philip Dano's 13th goal of the season last Saturday against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. It was his 13th goal of uh, of the year. He also has 27 assists for a total of uh, 40 points. And he's he has a face-off of 51.9%. So anything over 50% is good because it means you've won more face-offs than you've lost. And he has a, a plus 5 uh, a stat this season, and well, for Philip, I know if you look at his at his entire season, he was a player that was acquired last year at the trade deadline by Mark uh, Bergevin. We didn't know much about him either before he came to the Montreal Canadiens, but Mark Bergevin has high, has had his eye on him. Uh, I would say for he said at least since the junior days, so he's been following him. He knows uh, the player pretty well. Started off the season playing a, the fourth on the fourth line as a left winger. Now he's playing the role of the number one center. And is he a number one center? He isn't. But the way that he's been playing right now, I think he deserves the opportunity to uh, to play with that line because that line with uh, Pacioretty and Radulov, overall, if you're looking at it, it's been clicking. It's been working. And... Well, in the playoffs, it's going to start off, well, I'm assuming it's going to start off with uh, that line. Is it going to last for the entire postseason? Uh, probably not, if I, uh, if I had to guess, but uh, at least it's well-deserved. And also, 
this week, Philippe Dano was named the winner of the Jacques Beauchamp Award. Let's hear his uh, comments on that. That's a big honor for me. And uh, obviously, I didn't do that by myself. Yeah, I got some uh, great wingers with me and a great team. So uh, it's obviously a great honor for me. So here we go. So Philippe Dano uh, won the award. Paul Byron was a close second in the voting. Uh, Rick, uh, was the right choice made? Well, um, I, I've, I've I've gotten a few notes this past week saying that I am agreeing with you far too uh, too often. So I'm going to take the opposite view here. Um, they're calling this this uh, this award the you know the award for the unsung hero, and um, I don't see how you can call him an unsung hero, Philip Deneau an unsung hero, when the entire choir has been singing about him all season long. All we've heard about is Philip Deneau. Um, uh, you mentioned his numbers. 40 points is, is good, is very good for a third-line center. But let's, let's put that aside because he's not been – he hasn't had third-line center minutes. He hasn't had third-line center uh, line mates. He hasn't had third-line center opportunities, um, so I'm. I, I don't. I don't. I think he's been been. Um, if if he was the Canadians' third-line center, he's had a good season. First-line center, very underwhelming. Very underwhelming indeed. And uh, and the Canadians are in trouble if Philip Deneau is the first-line center throughout the playoffs. Um, you know his even his points per game. Um, eighth in the team, his goals against per 60, eighth in the team. It's very pedestrian kind of numbers, third-line center numbers. And with all the opportunities and with all the, uh, you know, the, the, the mates that he's had, um, I, would, I would have uh, definitely given uh, the award to Paul Byron, um, especially with him uh, reaching the 20-goal plateau this season. Uh, do you think the fact it's actually one of the questions that I'll be asking to uh, Jeremy Filoza when he comes on in a couple of minutes? Uh, do you think the fact that Paul Byron won the uh, the award last year uh, came into consideration with the voters? Um, well, it hasn't stopped them from voting for Carey Price for the the Molson Cup. <laughs> he, that's his award. Um, so you know, I don't I don't know. I think that that the uh, the media, the mainstream folks, anyway, have been um, lobbying for Philip Deneau all season long, and they just wanted to give him something. And so I think, uh, unfortunately for Paul Byron, um, uh, he, you know, this was the award that uh, they could find to give uh, Philip Deneau. Okay, so Rick, I just want to tell you it's okay to be wrong sometimes, and this is one of those times. <laughs> <laughs> so you can let us, so you can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You know, Philip Dano got the Jacques Beauchamp, uh awards. Agree, disagree. If not, like who would you have uh, given the award to? It's probably between uh, Dano and um, and Byron. I don't think there was any any other candidate that deserved to be in that uh, race as well. All right, so let's move on now to our losers of the week. And Rick, why don't you go first? Um, I'm quickly going to do a, uh, a, a runner-up um, selection to the loser of the week, and that is El Montoya. Um, El Montoya may have single-handedly destroyed the season of the St. John's Ice Caps, um, we don't know how he got the injury. Apparently he aggravated, but it was, it was kind of a non-event in a game day skate where he aggravated um, some pre-existing injury. And therefore, um, as we talked about earlier in the segment, Charlie Lindgren uh, was called out to the uh, Montreal Canadiens from the ice caps. At the time of the call up, the ice caps were third and in a playoff position uh, right now, they have dropped to fifth, and they are out of a playoff spot, uh, trailing the, the Utica Comets by um, one point, although U- Utica has a game in hand. Um, since Charlie Lindgren was called up to fill in for Al Montoya, the Ice Caps have lost three of four games. Um, and so, 
if they miss a uh, playoff spot, um, unfairly, quite unfairly, I'm going to blame that on Al Montoya because the Canadian, the uh, Ice Caps are not the same team when Charlie Lindgren is not in the net. Yandani um, is not not the level of goaltender, but the pl- the team does not play with the same confidence as well when Lindgren is not in the net. So that's uh, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to as I say, quite unfairly call uh, Montoya my runner-up to uh, loser of the week. Yeah, and uh, Montoya, Claude Julien said that uh, he's good he, He's good to back up, but he's not 100%, so that's why Charlie Lindgren is uh, getting uh, tonight's start. But my loser um, is going to go to Nathan Beaulieu, and um, Nathan has had a rough week um, a really rough week uh, with with additional um, with with the the injuries uh, with Weber and Ben being out of the lineup. Uh, Nathan had uh, had a bit more responsibility and he, he hasn't stepped up at all. Um, this is another case where the mainstream media have have been lobbying all season for uh, Nathan Beaulieu to be on the first line, the first pairing with uh, Shea Weber and. Um, you know, I don't disagree that he has the, the physical uh, talent, but uh, mentally he's just not there. He, his decision-making is poor. His ability to read the play is poor. Uh, and he's, he's just um, he's not looking good out there right now. Um, even if we go back uh, to last week, uh, the game against the Florida Panthers, the Canadians won that game 6-2. And he received third start, which was a little puzzling, although he had contributed offensively, offensively in that game. He received third star in that game. And the media um, in the post-game scrum with uh, Coach Claude Julien were, were full of praise for, for um, Nate and, uh, and tried to bring that out of Claude Julien. And he said, uh, he kind of pushed back and he said, yep, offensively he's good, but uh, he has some work to do on the defensive side of his game. Um, I think we got we got that uh, a quick clip of that. I think Nathan and I told him that I think offensively, you know, he's he's a gifted player. He really uh, he supports the attack well. He's got a good shot. He's got a lot of you know he's got good offensive instinct. The pass he made there on that one goal, and uh, the thing with with Nathan and, and being honest, they were continuing to work with his game on the defensive side of things because you know he's, he's still a young player. I don't care how long he's been here and all that stuff. He's still a young player. So, you know, I, I think uh, he's got an open mind. He wants to get better, and uh, I enjoy working with players like that. Yeah, so um, I, I think that, that uh, Nate just has to when, – whenever he's interviewed, he, in his mind, he's a top two, top four pairing defenseman, uh, and he's got a little bit of a chip of, of where he is. I think he has to um, accept his role excel at his role, make an impact in his role, um, and, uh, and, and do a lot of improving off, off the ice, too, to, to improve his ability to, to uh, read the play. Um, I think he's, you know, his work ethic could be, uh, could be improved, and uh, we all want to see him improve, but he just isn't there yet. Yeah, so I agree that Nathan Boyd definitely needs to improve his uh, defensive game, as we heard from uh, the coach mentioned as well. Uh, with the injuries, he did play a couple of games with Alexi Emlin uh, before Emlin got injured with a uh, lower body injury. And I don't know if you agree, Rick, but I think that pairing didn't look as bad. I think it looked, it looked pretty decent, Boyd and Emlin together. What would you think? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, Emelyn kind of uh, solidified that, and uh, Emelyn could could be that that guy who um, uh, you know took the front of the net and and uh, allowed Nathan to improvise a little bit, and uh, that pairing was a little bit more solid than than some of the others that that we've seen him play on. So, uh, so Alex Emelyn, like I mentioned, he's he's out with a lower body injury, and he's going to be reevaluated on uh, Tuesday, so it's still not confirmed whether or not he'll be ready for the playoffs. Uh, Shea Weber and uh, Jamie Ben, uh, sorry, yeah, uh, Jamie Ben, I always confuse them, <laughs> and, and Ben, though, both been confirmed that they'll be ready for the start of the uh, the postseason. 
I'm going to move on now to uh, my uh, losers of the week. And while I found the losers of the week at the Bell Center on uh, Friday night during the game between the Canadians and the Tampa Bay Lightning, and well, it's the fans who booed uh, during the power play two times. And well, it's the Canadians are first place in the, in the division. They've clinched it. Uh, there was a lot of regulars who weren't playing. There was uh, No Shea Weber. Uh, there was a lot of regulars who weren't there. Lexi Evans get some power play time as well. Wasn't in either. And it's not the same uh, when it comes to the motivation when a team has already clinched uh, for them to give their 100%. And, well, let's be honest. It's obvious that the Canadians' power play right now has sucked. And they don't need the fans to boo at the bell center so they can realize it. Claude Julien knows. Kirk Muller knows. Uh, Mark Bergevin knows. I know. Rick knows. We all know that the power play sucks right now. So I just found it uh, useless, Rick, that the Canadians' fans at the bell center last night uh, booed the power play. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I... I... You know, I'm I'm of two minds, and 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 the fans pay big money, and and they can do what they wish, but but sometimes they they can be harsh, and and I'll have to agree with you in this situation. Um, it's just you know at at this point it's 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 unnecessary, particularly when you have a team who um, owns the division crown. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I found it I found it totally useless. So those are my losers of uh, the week. Uh, so, Rick, so you're going to be joining us only for the first segment as you're uh, on the road covering the ice caps. So we know that Canadians will be facing the New York Rangers uh, in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, most likely the series will begin Wednesday at uh, the Bell Centre. That's the question of the day we'll, that we're asking our listeners. Why don't you give us your thoughts now? How do the Canadians, how do you think the Canadians match up against the Rangers? You know, I, I'm um, I'm a little concerned with what I'm reading. Uh, it, many of the Canadians fans are expecting a slam dunk. Um, they talk about the Canadians' dominance of the Rangers uh, recently. They talk about Carey Price's uh, record. Um, they talk about uh, Henrik Lundqvist's uh, struggles at the Bell Center. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's going to be as much of a cakewalk as as some fans are expecting. Um, I think it's going to be a tough series. I think the Canadians are going to pre- prevail. Um, I would I would expect that it would be five or six games, um, and uh, let's go six. Um, and the Canadians will win this, uh, but it's not going to be um, it's it's not going to be easy. Uh, we've we've seen that um you know the canadians still have some some concerns on defense particularly if they're not uh going to be completely healthy once the the playoffs arrive all right so we'll uh so we're going to talk about that uh, more in uh, today's episode and well if you want to hear my thoughts on the series well you'll have to tune in for uh, the third segment of uh, today's uh episode and rick why don't you give us uh, maybe a quick look uh, on the ice caps, where they are, to the Slavichak making it to the playoffs or not? Um, after last night, last night uh, they played Albany. Albany is uh, is one of three teams. Uh, it, that is St. John's, Utica, and Albany are all fighting uh, for two, three teams fighting for two playoff spots. Um, they needed that, that win uh, against Albany last night. Albany went up 3-0, um, and uh, credit to the Canadians for coming back. Um, they are sorry, the Ice Caps for coming back. It was uh, tied 3-3 um, until the last minute of of the game, and uh, uh, and the the Albany Devils um, uh, won. Um, so it's going to be tough. They must win the next two games against Utica uh, and Binghamton tonight. Okay, so we'll definitely keep our coverage, our eyes on uh, the AHL Report dot net and on the um, on the Twitter account as well for coverage of uh, this weekend's game of uh, the Ice Caps. So enjoy the games, Rick. Thank you for joining us. 
Uh, glad to uh, glad to be here, and uh, we'll keep everybody updated uh, for all games. We we have uh, some staff in um, uh, Brampton tonight for their final game uh, against the Manchester Monarchs. Um, we'll have a report on the the Ice Caps uh, both tonight in Binghamton, tomorrow in Utica, and of course we'll be keeping an eye on the Canadians versus the Red Wings. Um, enjoy the rest of the show, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll talk next week, probably most likely after two games played in the series between the Canadians and the Rangers. So we'll talk then, Rick. Bye for now. All right, so that was Rick Stevens, editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. Still to come on today's episode, we're going to tackle our question of the day. It's pretty simple. Who will win the first round series between the Canadians and the Rangers? You can let us know via Twitter at Tab360. Or you can go to the All Habs Facebook page and leave your comments. But coming up next, Jeremy Filosa, beat reporter for the Montreal Canadiens on 98.5 FM in Montreal, will join us. We're going to talk Habs Rangers and everything Montreal Canadiens related. So stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, Visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Ticket IQ, today's leading sponsor, is a leading event ticket search engine. Offering a low price guarantee on all events in Montreal, you will not find better deals on Canadians' tickets than through Ticket IQ. Download their mobile app in the App Store or Google Play and get $20 off your first order. Head to the App Store, search Ticket IQ, and be on your way to the best deals on Canadians' tickets. Hans360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. This is the Habs 360 Podcast. Featured on allhabs.net. All right, welcome back. It's episode 206 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, April 8, 2017. My name is Chris G at ChrisG1980 on Twitter. And joining me now on the line, he's the Montreal Canadiens beat reporter for 98.5 FM Sports in Montreal. It's uh, Jeremy Filoza. How are you doing, Jeremy? How's it going? I'm good, thanks, and thank you for taking the time for for joining us. No problem. uh, My pleasure. All right, great. I don't know if you had a vote for the Jacques Beauchamp Award that was awarded uh, this week. uh, I did. Okay, so that's good, even better. Uh, Philippe Dano, he won. Paul Byron with a close uh, second. Uh, At the end, why do you think Dano got the edge over Paul Byron? (laughs) <laughs> Very good question. You know what? That's the question everybody was a- asking themselves at the game this uh, this week. Um, you know, everybody I asked actually told me they had Byron first, and most of them had Deno second. So how that worked out, I'm not exactly sure. And now I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but 
<laughs> I wouldn't put it past the Canadians to actually <laughs> trick the ballots, you know, in order to make it, uh, you know, to make the winner the guy that they want up there. Byron won last year. Uh, I remember uh, Mark Streit won two years in a row with the Canadians, but maybe, I don't know, they wanted a French-Canadian to win. I mean, listen, Deno obviously is a close second. Uh, We all agree with that. But to have a guy like Paul Byron, who's, let's say the truth, when they hired this guy, he was supposed to be a role player, and he comes in and scores 20 even-strength goals, that's just insane. So, you know, starting from that point on, uh, I don't know how you can not give it to him. And like I said, I mean, I, I'm, I'm surprised because everybody I spoke to after uh, the announcement came out told me they had Byron first and Dano second, and then there was a multiple uh, choice for, uh, for third for most people. And honestly, like, if Paul Byron would have won the award, like, there wouldn't be any complaints. I think everybody would have understood every news between both of those players. So right. So it's, uh, it's really puzzling how uh, how that happened. But <laughs> either or, I think Dino is still a good choice. It's not uh, it's not like yeah. um completely uh, rip-off or anything. It was still a good uh, right. candidate for to win it. Right, right, uh, right. But sometimes stuff happens around the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens, and it, it it becomes a mystery, you know? And we search for answers, and we don't really always find, unfortunately. <laughs> and Philip Dano, he got the opportunity to play for a good chunk of the season as the team's uh, number one center uh, yes. because, of, because of Alex Galchenyuk and his struggles mostly on the defensive side of the game. Uh, last right, night, the face-off circle also, I would say, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Claude Junior last night also mentioned in the French press conference that you know he needs to work hard, like more effort. Uh, how can 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 we say that Yalchenyuk has regressed in his development? Uh, let's remember one thing: last year when he was racking up those points and goals, the team was already out of playoff contention. Those games meant nothing. So I think. You know, he, he picked up some goals last year where I think we, we had expectations that he could score 30 goals this year, but I don't think that was necessarily realistic. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the catch-22 with Galchenyuk is if you have him at center on the first line, then you have an issue in the face-off circle, you have an issue uh, defensively, but then if you don't put him on that line and you decide to put him on the wing on another line, then you're not giving him the same quality uh, line mates and his progression uh, or his, um, his production uh, is reduced. So it's sort of a catch 22. I mean, I think with the years to come, Galchenyuk will improve in the face off circle, will understand more how to play defensively because people have to understand something. And I know he's been in the league a couple of years now, but players like Galchenyuk, they, they never learn how to play defense because these guys grow up and they're so good. And all their coaches tell them is, look, just put the puck in the net. Coaches want to win, also in the juniors. And when they have a guy who can put the puck in the net, the only thing they want from him is to put the puck in the net. And uh, then they get to the NHL. And this is true for Galchenyuk, but it's true for a bunch of other players of his type. Then they tell them, okay, you got to be able to play defense. And the guy pretty much says, I've never done that in my life, ever. Like, I'm starting from scratch. And Galchenyuk never had the luxury to learn in the American Hockey League. He went straight to the NHL. So all of his learning, he's doing here in front of our eyes. All the mistakes, we see them all. Uh, And so that's a little bit of a disadvantage for him. Uh, I still think Galchenyuk uh, will continue to, uh, to progress. The situation right now is that the Habs are in the playoffs. They are trying to do their best to win this year. And we can see that if he does remain on that first line, it becomes a problem. So obviously Dano is not your long-term solution, but he's the only guy you got right now. Let's say the truth. I mean, it would be a shocker if the Canadians made it to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, But the window opportunity is open, and they're going to try the best they can to get there. And that doesn't mean things are not going to change, you know, during the playoffs if things don't work out with Dano on the first line. The problem is if you get to that situation, Chances are the Canadians are probably uh, in trouble in one of their series. <laughs> so if we don't win tonight, uh, you guys are probably panicking right now. 
No? I wouldn't be panicking. I mean, it's your job to panic. Well, I don't panic. <laughs> I don't I'm, just, panic. I'm just a guy. I fix things. I don't panic. <laughs> So that was the Michotte from about over a week ago talking about panicking. Uh, the, Julia, you lost her, Yeah, yeah, sorry. Julia. <laughs> uh, they lost their, their last two games. Is it, is it time to panic or like we really don't care about the, these final games of the Canadians? Don't care. Don't care at all. The only thing that's important for them is to keep, keep a high compete level, uh, keep guys' uh, fitness level high, and not get hurt. That's all they care about. Actually, tonight there will be a bunch of guys not making the trip to Detroit. You probably already know. Uh, you know, Emlyn, which we're still not sure about for the beginning of the playoffs. Weber's not going. Uh, Pacioretty's not going. Radulov's not going. Price is not going. Markov's not going. So they obviously don't care. The game they decided to give everybody was last night, pretty much. And tonight's going to be a night off for everybody. It's unfortunate because they're closing up Joe Louis Arena tonight, so you would have hoped for something a little bit better for, for the Red Wings, but they'll be playing for nothing. The Habs will be playing for nothing. There's no point in taking a chance. You've played all year to earn the right uh, to get those couple of days off, rest some players. You finished first. Good for you. That's what you get for that. And uh, they're taking advantage of it, and good for them. I would have done the same thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's no use in sending those guys out right now. And the result for the last two games, I couldn't care less as long as they're ready to go start Wednesday night. And even uh, Sergeyev was called up from the juniors, yep. and uh, he's, he's going to be playing tonight as well. Uh, yeah, he so was we know a winter, the... so you know, it's easy for him to just get to Detroit, plus they decided not to bring Markov. And uh, so you know, he'll get a, another NHL game. Good for him. So we know the Canadians' uh, first on the opponents will be the New York Rangers. Most likely it will begin on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, how do you think mm-hmm. the Canadians match up against the New York Rangers? Man, it's 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 hard to tell. I got to tell you, this is I don't remember the last time the Canadians were involved in a playoff series where I really couldn't, you know, wrap my mind around how this series is going to go. The first thing I'm going to say is, I think this is not going to be a very exciting series. Unfortunately, with Vigneault and Julien, you can expect uh, very tight checking hockey. Not many scoring opportunities, a bunch of blocked shots, a bunch of broken up plays. Uh, I, I think the, the Canadians have a little bit of an edge just because the Rangers are really not sure about Lundqvist. Uh, is he actually going to be in front of the net for all of the games? For the Rangers, he's had an up and down year, actually even more down than up, I would say. Uh, Carey Price has had an up and down year, but, but Lundqvist has been worse. So at least Price has been consistent since Julien has taken over. So I got to give him a little bit of an edge there. Also, what I like about the Canadians is they've started getting the secondary scoring they were getting early in the year when they were winning all those games. And, you know, all of a sudden they're turning things around. Byron's been finding the back of the net, Gallagher, Lekkonen. And if you're going to make a serious run of the playoffs, you need those guys to put the puck in the net once in a while to score you a big surprise goal. And so just the fact that these guys have gained some confidence back, just the fact that going into the dressing room the last two, three weeks, I've seen Gallagher smile again, which is awesome news because if that guy gets going, he's the type of guy who can score you a couple of big goals here and there out of nowhere. Um, the, the thing about the Rangers is, you know, you've seen their, their goal – Goal average this year is over three goals per game. Uh, They're one of the highest scoring teams in the league, so they do have that capability. Uh, So that's the advantage I'm going to give them. Uh, I think the Canadians win this uh, series in six, and I really hope to see some fire in in this team's belly. Uh, This is the same team that bounced the Canadians, uh, what, three years ago when Kreider took out Mm -hmm. Price. And, I, I, I mean, if I'm in that locker room, I want revenge, big time. And I don't need no motivation to go out there and want to kick their ass. And we've seen the Canadians' power play has been struggling. Uh, how mm-hmm. important do you think it will be, like in this first round series against the New York Rangers, for them to to step it up a bit on on uh, the power play front? Yeah, power play is key all the time. I mean, special units have become so important in this game. There just aren't that many five-on-five goals. So you know that your special teams have to work in order for you to have success. The problem is it, it's sort of a mystery. They have the pieces to play on the power play. Uh, you know, there, there's one thing that, you know, about hockey analytics that I'm, 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 uh, I'm curious about, and I'm not going to really take the time to get into it because I'm not a, an analytic, analytics specialist, but 
you got two minutes on the power play. Power plays are so crucial. They're so important. You got two minutes. It's mathematics. The more you cycle the puck, the the less chances you have of scoring a goal because the clock, you know, goes down. So that's the one thing I don't understand about the Canadians. They cycle the puck a lot when they can actually get into the uh, the opposing zone and they just waste a lot of time. You got one pass, two pass, put it to the net. One pass, two pass, put it somewhere near the net. Do whatever you – I understand that most shots are going to get blocked, but the second you get the, mo- the box to move in front of you, put the puck to the net. The more times you put the puck to the net, the, you know, the higher your chances are of scoring goals. The more you cycle – I mean, if you're cycling for one of the two minutes, that's 50% chances of less of scoring a goal. So I don't understand why they waste so much, much time cycling. I've spoken to some uh, members of the Canadians organization about that. They, they remain very secretive. All they keep telling me is we know what we're doing. We know what we're searching for. And uh, that's pretty much all they're going to tell us, obviously. It becomes very uh, uh, strategic from that point on. And since February 14, uh, Canadians, at least in terms of wins and losses, uh, I think they're the best in the league, one of the top teams in the league. Uh, coincides mm-hmm. with a date where um, Claude Julien took over from Michel Terrier. Uh, since right. then, what do you think has changed with the Montreal Canadiens? Listen, sometimes all you need is a new message. I mean, the Boston Bruins also turned things around, getting rid of Claude Julien. So I don't think, you know, we should point the finger to Terrier and say it was his fault, but clearly. Uh, you know, Carey Price has been much, much better under Claude Julien. Uh, you know, people who tell me he just didn't want to play for Terry anymore, he wasn't hustling, I really don't believe that. Because when you're a professional hockey player and you make it to the NHL, the only speed you know is fifth. Uh, the reality is he's turned things around since Julien has been there. Maybe he had lost hope that this team could do anything interesting with, with Terry, and he was just becoming nonchalant, not moving as fast, as quickly as he normally would, and and the Canadians were struggling. So I think the main thing uh, that has changed is the play of Carey Price, and uh, because we can't say that the, you know the offense has been pouring in goals, uh, the defense has been okay. It's been suspect, but uh, I think all in all, the difference is Carey Price has become himself again, and uh, that's pretty much it. I would say. Jeremy, I appreciate you taking the time, and we'll be listening to you on 98.5 FM Sports in Montreal as you'll be covering the Montreal uh, Canadiens. So thank you for taking the time. My pleasure. Take care. All right, take care. Take care. Have a good one. All right, so that was uh, Jeremy Filosa from Beat Report of the Montreal Canadiens on 98.5 FM Sports. So tune in. He's part of their Montreal Canadiens coverage and uh, all of their sports uh, coverage as well. We're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to tackle our question of the day. Canadians, Rangers, begins uh, Wednesday night, most probably at the Bell Center. So let us know who's going to win the series. You can let us know via Twitter at Habs360. You can let us know on the All Habs Facebook page. And you can give us a call toll-free, 1-877-455-4945. Stay with us. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Hi, I'm Chris G. The Habs360 podcast and Anthony from r2canvas.com are pleased to announce the return of the Habs contest this season. The contest will run during every Habs home game in the regular season and will give you the opportunity to win a great prize courtesy of r2canvas.com. Listen to the Habs 360 podcast and follow Habs 360 and Habs Happy on Twitter for more details. And for high-quality canvas art at a reasonable price, visit r2canvas.com. Good luck. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? 
Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. Well, I don't think it was any different, believe it or not, than uh, than what we do every night. You know, uh, we're happy with the win, and uh, we just talked about, hey, you know, so we clinched first place, and now it's con- just continuing to uh, try and improve ourselves as a team to make sure we head into the playoffs, you know, the right way. And uh, so we're going to put a lot of emphasis on that, about the, those things that make a difference in, in a game and in a so. Uh, real happy about that. Gives us a home ice advantage for a good portion of the playoffs, and uh, and that's an important, uh, I think, aspect. Believe it or not, uh, when you get into those playoff series, uh, we've played well on the road, so we're confident about that. But also uh, being at home in front of those fans in Montreal, uh, and to be able to have that home ice advantage is something we're uh, pretty happy with. All right, welcome back to episode 206 of the Habs 360 podcast. My name is Chris G at Chris G1980. On Twitter, uh, that was Claude Julien following the game against the Florida Panthers when the Canadians officially clinched uh, the first place spot in the Atlantic uh, Division. So we mentioned we know the Canadians are going to play the New York Rangers in the first round. The series most likely will begin on Wednesday at the, the Bell Center. And the question of the day was pretty simple. Who do you think is going to win that the series between the Canadians and the New York Rangers? Our phone lines are open. You can call us toll-free from anywhere in North America, one 455 4945 We heard Jeremy Filosa say that he thinks it's going to be a boring series. Canadians, he sees them coming on top uh, about a six-game uh, uh, series which was pretty similar to as well as what Rick Stevens mentioned in the first segment uh, as well. So let's see what you, our listeners, have to say about the series. First tweet comes from Blaine Podven. He writes, this series is Price's grudge match. The team will rally around this aspect. It will be the intangible that shapes the series. So thank you very much for the tweet, Blaine. So I'll assume that he thinks the Canadians are going to win. Uh, we got a couple of tweets from Chris and George who said the Canadians are going to win in the six games. On the All Habs Facebook page, Jesse Newfield, he writes Canadians in six, but he even broke it down game by game. Rangers are going to win game one, Habs game two and three, Rangers win game four, and then the Habs win five and six. So that's pretty uh, detailed prediction for Jesse. So we're going to you know, hold them to his word. Uh, George Dupra writes, we have to stay out of the penalty box, play as a team, and, cap- and capitalize on our chances. I say in six or five, we have to carry price. Thank God. Go Habs. Go. So thank you for the tweet. Uh, sorry for the comment. Randy Wool on Facebook writes, a sweep for nothing for the Habs. That's a little too optimistic, I think, uh, Randy. Then we have a couple of responses of uh, Folks saying Habs in five or in six. Pence McAvera writes, we're a way better team than last year. Added a good scorer, a few big bodies. Kreider will regret trying any of his bullshit with Weber guarding our star and odds too. He's a mean bastard if you piss him off. Habs in six. Jeremy Lamoureux writes, if they play like they did 
for the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Rangers. Hopefully, Price sits the rest of the games along with Markov, Patches, Gali, Radulov, all the stars, and bring up some talent to fill the void to the playoff start. So that's what's happening, Jeremy, for tonight's game against the uh, Detroit Red Wings. Mike writes, will take more than Carey Price to make this happen. Slowly losing confidence in any chance of making it past first round. Seriously lacking on quality players. Plus, number one line is about a third line capacity. So, Mike, I wouldn't say the the, the line of Pacioretty, Dano, and Radulov, they might have a third line center playing with them. But Pacioretty, he's an elite goal scorer in the NHL. So, he's a top line player. And, well, Radulov, he's definitely been uh, up there for his performances uh, this season. Claude. Mate writes, the way they're playing right now, Rangers look good unless Weber comes back. So Weber will come back well. So that's a good sign. Uh, Chiara Baker writes, I like Ott over McCarran on the fourth line, quite frankly. Price looks ready. Team D has improved Habs in six. So it looks like Habs in five, Habs in six. Uh, there's Dave Ty who writes Habs in seven. Oh, we have an intruder. Holy Foster writes the Rangers are going to win. Rangers in four. So I'm surprised to hear that. And Rocky is a Canadiens fan on his profile pic. He's wearing a Canadiens jersey. Alan Prignitz writes Rangers in four straight. He's from Saskatchewan, so he might be a Leafs fan. Another, another intruder, Zach Gross. Also wrote uh, that the Rangers will win in uh, four in four games. I personally think, and I know it's probably a common, uh, like a boring opinion, but I'm going to agree with uh, the mass of uh, the people, and I think the Canadians are going to win this series. I would say it's going to be going six or seven. I highly doubt that it will be a quick one. Four or even five considered quick. I doubt it that it's going to be uh, that will be that quick. So, so thank you very much, everybody, for your comments on the Facebook page. A couple of tweets following our discussions from earlier in, uh, in the episode. First one comes from Kellen Lee, who just writes, "Boyer is a disaster." So that's uh, following Rick in the first segment. Uh, naming uh, Nathan Bollier as his uh, loser of the week. Then we also spoke about Paul Byron and Philip Dano for the Jacques Beauchard Award. So NFL uh, Newfoundland anchor Frank Power, his choice would have been Paul Byron for the unsung hero. And the same thing for Colin H. Bobby Lennox, he writes, uh, Paul Byron for me, so many important shifts, both even strength and on the PK. So thank you very much for uh, the tweets as well. So definitely there was many deserving candidates for, um, well, many. There was two of them for the Jacques Beauchat Award. So thank you very much for uh, the tweets uh, as well. So as we mentioned for tonight's game against the Detroit Red Wings, a lot of Canadians regulars will be sitting. Price, Markov, Pacioretty, and Radulov will not, did not travel to Detroit. Mikhail Sergachev was called up from the juniors team from Windsor, and he's going to be in a lineup tonight to face the uh, Detroit Red Wings as well. So it's a very skeleton staff for the Canadians for tonight's uh, game as they get ready for the playoff matchup against the New York Rangers. Another topic of conversation that we had with Jeremy Floza was about Alex Galchenyuk and his struggles. And we saw it even last night. Didn't get much confidence from his coach. He only played 12 minutes. And you'd think for um, if you're trying to uh, get Galchenyuk started right before the playoffs. The game like last night, which had no meaning for the Canadians, and the game like tonight, which also has no meaning for the Canadians, 
is the kind of time where you take out Chanyak and you play him a lot of ice time. But that's not the case. He only played 12 minutes and 16 seconds, and that includes two and a half minutes on the on the power play. In the press conference last night in French, Claude Julien said that it's that he needs to see more effort from Galchenyuk the ice. So that's what uh, he has to get done starting tonight to get himself ready for Wednesday night's game. And even if you look at the ice time from last night, Dwight King, who was acquired the trade deadline, he played more minutes than Galchenyuk. He played 13.02 and no power play time. He played a minute and a half on the penalty kill. And, well, that's uh, that's about it. So it shows you uh, how much confidence the coach has in the Galchenyuk uh, right uh, right now, which uh, isn't, uh, isn't much. It's had a good week for the Canadians. Has been uh, Lekkonen. He scored uh, two goals against the Florida Panthers. Uh, on Monday, and he scored a goal as well last night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. He short-handed goal from an impossible angle. Like he pulled one in there, passed the goal. Even the goalie didn't know where, how, uh, how that went in. It was, uh, it was pretty uh, spectacular, as for a goal being scored. Other players that stayed at home, like I mentioned, is Alex Radulov. He's playing on the first for him. He hasn't played an 82-game schedule in since he left the NHL many years ago. So we'll see how he's going to play coming going into the postseason. And the same thing could be said also for Shea Weber. A lot of criticism for Shea Weber last season in the playoffs that he struggled. And he didn't look good. So let's hope now that he got over a week off, right before the uh, end of the regular season will will help him in uh, the series against the New York Rangers. And let's be honest, the winner of the series between the Canadians and New York Rangers has a good chance of making it all the way to the conference final. Because the winner of this series is going to face either the Senators, the Bruins, or the Leafs, depending on how the standings finish in the Atlantic Division. And while those teams... Uh, at least the way they're playing right now, they could uh, easily be uh, beaten. So, the important series starting off Wednesday night at the uh, at the Bell Center. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on Hams 360. Well, it's time now to read a bad tweet. We've got a lot of good ones. We've got one that goes into the uh, bad category. And this one obviously comes from a New York Ranger fan from uh, from New York. Meet the match is the uh, Twitter handle, and Matt wrote this was on April fifth, so earlier this week. New York Rangers are going to beat the Canadians with an A so badly in the first three games that the Habs will forfeit the fourth. That's not a smart tweet for two reasons. One, you don't know how to spell Canadians. Number two, I don't think either team is going to beat the other team so badly in three games. And, well, do I need to say more? I think I already said more than uh, than enough. And, well, there's... Um, you got quite the... Re- you got one response on that tweet that I won't read, but it was pretty funny and pretty accurate as well. When they told them, you know, you need to do something else besides talking about hockey. So it's exciting. We're going to get to cover the playoffs here that we missed doing last season. So come back next Saturday at uh, when we're here seven days from now. Canadians should have played two games in that series. So we'll talk about that game one and two. I will be looking ahead to the rest of the series as uh, well. I want to thank Rick Stevens who joined us in the first segment for the winners and the losers of the week. Don't forget to go to the AHLReport.net for coverage of the ice caps until the end of the season. And also like to thank Jeremy Filosa from 98.5 FM Sports here in Montreal. He's a Montreal Canadiens beat reporter. 
who uh, joined, spoke about Montreal Canadiens. If you missed that interview, uh, you can go look for our archives on iTunes or nohabs.net by searching the words Habs360 all together. My name is Chris G. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisG1980. I'm excited for the playoffs. Canadians are in it. Hope you are too. We're back here next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. And, well, we're going to talk some Montreal Canadiens playoffs. See ya. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.